Hello, and welcome to HR Unplugged. In today's episode, Anita Grantham, Bamboo HR Head of HR, Alex Burton, Bamboo HR Head of Total Rewards, and Vanessa Brulat, Bamboo HR Human Resource Business Partner, discuss aligning benefits and people, what matters, and how to do it. In this episode, you'll learn how to define your employee value proposition, determine the right total reward strategy for your employees, and create value for your employees with benefits. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. We have an exciting guest for today for our episode of HR Unplugged. I'd like to welcome Alex Burton, he who leads our total rewards function here at Bamboo HR. Welcome, Alex. We're so excited you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience can get to know you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Vanessa. And uh, thanks, thanks, Anita, for inviting me on here. Uh, ever since I, I started at Bamboo, I've um, seen lots of Bambooligans come on here to the podcast and in the webinar. And so I'm excited to, to get a turn. Um, I've been at Bamboo for about a year and a half, and I was Bamboo's kind of first compensation hire. Um, and so I got to build, do a lot of building. I, I love building. That's my favorite part of, of work is getting in the weeds and working with leaders and, and building things from the ground up. So we've built a lot of awesome programs across the last year and a half. Um, that will will with I mean the hope is that they uh, they scale as we continue to grow um, and, and have have some um, experience before bamboo um, leading and and um, leading total rewards teams across several other tech companies so I'm excited to share what what little expertise and and wisdom I have with you all. Well, thanks, Alex. We're so happy to have you join us again today. I'm excited to hear your insights and experience on total. Rewards. Total rewards, say that 10 times fast, especially because it's your role here at Bamboo HR. I know you'll have a lot of great advice to share with our audience today. So let's get, get started. I wanted to start out today with a quick discussion on the differences between a total reward strategy and an employee value proposition. These are important terms in our industry, and I wanted to have a baseline on their meanings before we talk about how they're they're both connected. Alex, can you start with your definition for a total reward strategy? Yeah, so total reward strategy. So if we even just take even a, a half step back, well, what is total rewards? Total rewards is any aspect of value that you as a company are providing your employees. So this ranges from uh, base compensation to variable compensation, uh, bonuses, uh, all of your benefits. This is employee recognition and, and all the, the miscellaneous things like uh, work, workplace arrangements, all, all of these things roll up into total rewards. And so uh, if you try and think about these things in a silo, you, you're going to have no way of understanding how you're you're driving the value back to your employees and and making sure that you're doing doing what you need to to uh, attract and retain. So that's where a strategy comes in, and that strategy is is figuring out okay where how do we want to pay our people? Um, how competitively do we want to pay them? What do we want to be heavier in cash, or do we want to have a stronger benefits uh, offering? And and figuring out what the the right strategy is is going to be key to getting the talent that you need into the door and then keeping them here so that your business can grow and, and flourish. Anita, anything you'd add here for total reward strategy and why it's so important? 
Yeah, I often hear a lot of people talking about compensation as total rewards. And I think what we want to emphasize here is that base pay is just one element of a total reward strategy. So don't undersell yourself, especially in such a competitive environment. You know, our last HR Unplugged had an expert from Greenhouse and still attracting the right talent is the number one problem for most of us. And if you go out and you try to win on base pay, most of us will lose. And so we've got to have base pay with bonus commission for some roles or maybe all roles, benefits, time off, recognition, perks, all of these things together come into the total rewards uh, program that Alex spoke to and that Vanessa is speaking to. So it's important to look at the whole package. I love that call out, Anita, because there's so many times that I have people reach out to me in my network and it's all about the base pay and they're not thinking about that total package, that total experience that they would get. And they're, they're really cutting themselves short or, or like what you said, they're not winning if they only look at that one piece. Let's talk about an employee value proposition. Alex? Yeah. Uh, so employee value proposition is, is, is an interesting idea. Um, so the employee value proposition is this idea of what is it, and it's really tied really closely to total rewards. So that's why we're, we're talking to them about them together. Um, but this is the idea that like, what, why are your employees coming? Like, what are you proposing to them? What value are you giving them? Because they could obviously go anywhere. And so um, what are, what are the, what's the kind of profile that you're targeting for their preferences? What, what motivates them? And so it's it's what you as a company offer in return that the employee um, then gives. You know they're gonna they're not just coming to work for you just just because out of the goodness of their heart because you're a charity case. No, they're they're coming to to get something in return. So that's that's figuring out the balance of your rewards. But it, it's beyond that. I, I I love this idea that it, uh, the employee value proposition is is the mission of your company, the values, all these. All these different pieces of your company um, provide value to your team members. And so figuring out what that proposition is, is, is key to, to getting to your, your total reward strategy. I love that. And, and Carrie in the chat said culture and culture lived values is a big reason people join my company. And Eleanor said culture is huge. And so it sounds like it's it's very much aligned with that of like knowing what your culture and vision and mission and values are. Going into let's let's kind of dive into the details here a little bit. Now that we have a good baseline of what an EVP is, let's talk about how we define it. Anita, can you share your thoughts here? Yeah. So this is really key. And um, I see, Roman, your question on the best way of promoting our company's rewards. And we're going to talk about promoting it. And this is part of how you promote it is through a well-defined employee value proposition. Like Alex said, it's just like a customer value proposition. So why do people want to come to your organization and stay there? And if you come to HRVS on November 2nd, our keynote is going to do a deep dive into this. So I encourage you not to miss it. But right now, the way that Alex and I think about this is that it starts with the mission. Mission is the foundation, our why. Um, you know, if you watch the Simon Sinek video about, about your why, what is your why? This is a great place to get it or to take your executive team through it and really be able to define your mission. You know, Jim Collins is another expert at how you define mission and values and 
companies that are value and mission driven actually out return the general market and profitability and growth. So definitely makes a big impact. But oftentimes, like instead of going through this bottom of the cake, we go right to the top. Like, what do I want to pay this person? What's our bonus structure? All of those things. And then it's not connected all the way through. You want to make sure that your rewards are connected back to your mission and your values so that you have that high say-do ratio that we talked about in the chat of a value-lived culture. So mission is our why, values are our how, and then strategy is our what. And this is another big missing piece, right? If you have a two, a three, or four-year strategy and you say, hey, I'm just going to use this as an example. In four years, we want to be globally recognized as the number one company doing X, Y, and Z and you put the word globally in there, let's say no one on your current team has global expertise. You would need to either buy or build that talent. And that's how you figure out, okay, what type of talent do I need? That's the who, the next part of the cake. And then you've got to say, why would that talent come work for us? And that's the EVP that we're getting to. And based on this entire beautiful layer cake, then you can get to the rewards of how you're going to go to market to get that talent to come in execute on the strategy in a way, a way that are additive to your values and mission. So that's that's how we like to put it all together. Alex, what do you think you would add here about um, defining our EVP? Well, I mean, besides keep feeling a little hungry looking at this cake, um, I, I I just wanted to, to just thinking through this, I, I mean, if you don't have anything, there's there's a lot of work that that has to go into being prepared to build an EVP and then a reward strategy. Even if you just take those top three layers, like you have to have really clear understanding of the talent profile that you're, you're, you want in the idea of being, if you're a $200 million company and you want to be a billion dollar company, um, you, you know, you need people that have either been there or have the potential to get there. So understanding that profile is so critical to then create a value proposition that's targeted towards that talent profile. And then you can build the strategy of the reward. So uh, it's each, each layer of cake is super, super critical uh, to, to the success of the, the layers on top of it. Well, I think out of all the total reward strategies out there, I think this one takes the cake. <laughs> <laughs> That window was wide open. I was ready to take it. <laughs> Good job, Vanessa. Thank you. Very proud of myself today for that one. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Alex. Can you walk us through defining your reward strategy? How does that help us align to, uh, people to benefits? Yeah, um, this this is an interesting thing. I, Anita talked on this, hit on this a, a minute ago, but she talked about how People, people can get really fixated on just base pay, both both from an individual standpoint. Um, and, and I think people even like look at themselves and define themselves based on what their base pay is. But we want to uh, unlock the value that our companies are providing our team members that is beyond just the base pay. So that's where the strategy comes in. And I did this exercise with our leaders in a training a, a couple months ago where I put two total rewards packages up on, on either side. And I said, okay, which one's more valuable? And one had a bigger base than the other one, but the other, the one with the lower base, I had uh, more benefits like higher 401k, of higher HSA contribution. And uh, I asked them, and it was a little bit of a leading question, like, uh, 
well, which one's more valuable? I was, I was trying to drive home a point that um, bases and everything, you know, the, the example I provided, the, the one with the lower base actually provided more value as a total rewards package. Um, so as you think about think about it, you can you can provide value to your employees that um, creates a hold and attraction to talent um, beyond just base pay. So, um, I mean, when we're thinking about base pay, you do need to have decisions as to, okay, do we want to pay at, above, or below market? Um, this will help you as you figure out what are your salaries, what are the ranges, how much are we going to give in pay raises, um, and then you you figure figure that out, and then you can go go beyond that. Uh, one one stat I did want to share uh, is that a, a survey from PayScale showed that. 51% of workers who were paid at uh, or above market believed they were paid below market. So it just goes to show that even if you are paying your people at, at or above market, they can have this perception that they're underpaid um, because that market can always, there can always be a job out there that pays more. And so they get in their mind who they have. It. So that's why we want you to think beyond just base pay. Um, so then bonus programs, how, how do you want to have a bonus program? Do you want to have that tied to individual performance? Should we tie that to company performance? Should it, uh, do you have a sales team? Do they get paid on commission? Um, and equity, equity, uh, you know, especially in tech and, and is a really important lever that, you know, we, we have an equity program and, and we, we believe that that's going to unlock value for our team members. Um, and so we really try and emphasize that. Uh, at Bamboo. So all of these things, and then, you know, we're going to spend a bunch more time today talking about benefits and, and there's all sorts of benefits out there that you can add on. And, you know, trying to make data-driven decisions is, is going to be a focus of, of things we talk about today, but just trying to not look at things in silos, but looking at, okay, here's our base and our benefits and our bonus and our equity, rolling them all together and thinking about them as pulling levers all together is how we can how you can figure out what's going to work to to drive value for your team members. Any additional thoughts on defining reward strategy, Anita? So a lot of you are talking about, you know, a lot of people think they're underpaid. How do you show the team to really understand the total benefit costs that you're providing them? Because oftentimes they'll say, okay, like the total all-in cost for a team member can be 30% higher than what they see in their paycheck. So being able to share all of these things together in a document, we're going to show you an example of a total reward statement that Alex built just in uh, Google Sheets. So you can copy that and use that. But part of it is your leaders understanding, hey, there's so much more than base pay here. Your recruiters sharing it. You highlighting those different benefit programs all year long um, so that people have it right in front of them. I mean, the reason why customers buy your product is that you're constantly advertising, hey, this is the product or service that we need and want. You're re-recruiting the customer. You need to re-recruit your employees. And part of the way that you do that is by showing them all the value that they get. And I want to make sure their families feel that value because if Vanessa or Alex ever went back to their loved ones and say, hey, we're going to leave Bamboo, I want the people closest to them to say that would be a really dumb decision. Right. So I want the people that love them to love bamboo so that they can help keep them engaged and committed to bamboo and our mission. So we'll we'll share more about this. 
Um, you know, I think um, more than one third of employees say their compensation is directly associated with their mental health. So this is a big part. I mean, feeling valued for the work that you do and provide is just really part of how we feel as humans, like that we're making progress along with being committed to something bigger. And so fair compensation, I think Daniel Pink talks about this, like you have to pay people enough so that they feel like they aren't worried about you know, the basic functions in life, which are getting more and more expensive, right? Our pay rates can't keep up with the price of inflation because we would go out of business. So you have to do even more to say we care about you. And part of the way you do that is by saying our company is going to be around. Bamboo has been here for 15 years. We're planning for the next 15 years. Are we going to pay a top of market? No, but we're going to give a competitive fair wage and we're going to be consistently delivering it to you. And you're always, as long as you perform, have a place to come work. And that's valuable, consistent reliability, dependability. That's important for team members. I want to call out, uh, Jose, the comment in, in the comment section was one of the things that we provide in our offer letters is the total compensation calculator, which goes beyond base pay and provides the cost of benefits for our new hires. And I, I want to call that out because it's, it's a really great uh, recruiting strategy as far as your the candidates that are applying to your role, they might have other companies that they're comparing. And by showcasing, hey, here's the breakdown of the total rewards package you're going to be getting, they can calculate it themselves. They can compare their offers. And then it turns into a conversation with the recruiter and the candidate showing, hey, here's what the differences are really going to look like. And then you're partnering with them to show them, hey, we're going to be honest and show you exactly what you're going to get. And it kind of helps drive that that connection that you want um, to provide in, in wanting to come to your company. Anyway, I thought that was a really good call out there. So moving on to our next section, determining the right benefits for your employees. Let's talk about how we can determine that. Anita, can you share your thoughts? Yeah, so many times we as uh, people leaders are inundated from people trying to sell us stuff whether it's the broker or it's the software company or the blah, blah, blah. I don't care about those people. I care about our humans that are bambooligans or whatever you know company term you use for your own humans. Go out and talk to the people. One thing Alex did, Alex does many things well, but one thing he did this year is he went out and did a survey asking people which benefits matter to them. He had them kind of stack rank them side by side. Is this more important to you or is this more important to you? And go talk to the customer. We do this in the go-to-market side all the time. You know that if you've been to HR Unplug before, I'm really hot on this, that if you apply the same go-to-market principles to your people principles, you'll get the right answers. So go talk to the people using and consuming your benefits and find out what they value. Sherm did a study and found that 92% of employees consider employment benefits as crucial for their overall job satisfaction. Now, I think it's directly correlated to your demographic of your team member base, right? Bamboo employs a lot of really career team members. They're single. They don't have families. So benefits aren't as important to that segment of the population as they would be for people that do have families and have other expenses to incur. So it's important that you look at who's consuming and what's really important for them. You know, there's some statistics that say employees are willing to take salary cuts for better benefits. I've not met that team member yet. Um, I All the team members I meet, I want it all. I've never met the underpaid team member, and I've definitely never met the team member that wants a salary cut. But it seems like, um, you know, 40 percent 
of employees would be willing to take a salary cut for better health insurance benefits. I don't know. I mean, I think it's really in a lot of ways net even, and it depends how your plans are designed, you know, how much your co-pays are, how much your deductibles are, how much your out-of-pocket maxes are. Like, it's really important that you do that math so you understand the impact to the paycheck, the take-home pay, as you're putting in these, these benefits. You know, and a lot of employees start jobs without knowing what the benefits are going to be. So it's really important that your recruiters are asking, hey, what's most important to you in your job experience? What's most important to you in the benefits that a company offers? Those are some things that I would have us consider as we go through this. Alex, anything else you'd like to add here about how you can determine the right benefits for your employees? Yeah, I I, I really appreciate what Anita said. Um, we Making making the data-driven decisions is the best thing you can do. And uh, there are numerous ways that you can get your hands on data. Uh, so one, one is, is, just like Anita said, talking to your own people. We did uh, a specialized survey um, earlier this year. It's, it's called a conjoint analysis. And essentially, we, uh, it, it was... Uh, there were two packages of benefits side by side and they had different levels of each of our benefits and people clicked through and said, I prefer this one to this one. And then on the back end, we could statistically analyze it and it told us which of our benefits our team members valued the most. And that helps us is right. We're right in the middle of our benefits uh, decision-making for 2024. And it, it's going to be an amazing data point for us to say to our executive team, hey, our team members said they value these three benefits so we can continue to retain our talent. This survey, you know, it did come with the cost to us, but there are different ways that you can get to similar, similar outcomes. I like to uh, sit down and, and talk, to, talk to our team members, um, particularly top performers. I, I think when I first joined Bamboo, we, you know, we, we had a, a couple of issues in one of our departments and Anita told me, go sit down and talk to these people. So I like, when interviewed uh, five or six of our top performers. And, and it was just, it's eye-opening just to get that, that live feedback and understand what, what is going on and why, why they're feeling the way they are. And that, that will help influence um, your decisions. And then uh, work, with your, work with your broker. Your broker has access to tons and tons of data. Um, and so work with them to get access to data. Mercer, you know, Mercer or any, any other of these big uh, comp and Ben uh, Companies they they have lots of free data that if you just go to go to one of their webinars they'll share data um, or or you could um, they have other options where you can pay for data so um, I think there's there's a lot of ways to get your hands on data and then when you take those sort of data points to your leaders it makes a very compelling story um, and and so um, just uh, that that's my my huge recommendation is is to get your hands on as much data as you can and then um, you'll you'll be able to be unlocked to, to make great decisions. Well, Alex, we had a really awesome question in the chat. Uh, but what are folks' best practices here when it comes to shopping around for benefits? Haven't evaluated ours in a while and would like to see what all is out there. So we'd love to hear in the chat if you've got recommendations there. But Alex, do you have any uh, advice there for, for this person? Yeah, sh sh shopping for benefits. Um, I mean, I think that there's a, a number of ways you can think about this because like, like Anita said, I probably I probably get like at least 25 emails from sales reps every single day trying to sell me on, 
on some sort of benefit. But I, I think that it goes back to the same thing that we've, we've kind of hit on a couple of times is, is understanding what your team members want. And then it even tied it back to what makes your company special. So one of our, for example, here at Bamboo, one of our values is quality of life. And we've created a benefit that ties really closely to this. It's called our paid, paid vacation bonus, where every year, every employee gets $2,000 to spend on their vacation when they take PTO. And this is this has been a wildly popular benefit for our team members, but it really ties back to our mission and values. And, and it, it is a unique offering that we have um, that, that our team members just absolutely love. So as you're, as you're shopping, I, I recommend looking internally, figuring out what your team needs. So you can go do comparison shopping. You can look at your competitors and, and other companies and what they're offering and, and deciding, okay, is this something that a lot of other companies are doing? Is this something that we need to offer to be competitive? What's something that we could do that's unique that would drive a lot of value? Um, and, and ultimately, you're trying to drive really great ROI for your team. Thank you for answering that, Alex. And no silly questions here. Ask away. <laughs> Well, we know that benefits are getting costlier year after year. In the last five years, the costs associated with benefits have increased by five to seven percent on average per year. And benefits take up a big portion of an employee's total compensation. On average, benefits make up 31 percent of total compensation, which is a lot. Um, but benefit spend varies by industry as well. So how do we make sure we pick the right benefits for our employees. Alex, how do you work? Uh, how do you work to make sure our benefits align with what people want at Bamboo HR? Yeah, I think we've. we've I, I kind of jumped the gun on on this, but uh, making making strong data driven decisions. Uh, I think partnering with your finance partner is is really critical um, to understand. Okay, what what can we afford? Because it's always a balance, right? Like we're trying to have some level of profitability, but also maximizing for uh, the, the talent that we need and want. Um, so having a great relationship with your finance partner to understand what, what's available. Um, and then, like, I, like I've said a couple of times, doing, making, and, and making data-driven decisions and, and figuring out what, what your team members need and want. I don't know who to direct this to, so I'll let one of you jump in, but we got a question in the chat of what do you recommend as ideal benefits for FNB employees? I'm guessing you're sharing food and beverage employees, but maybe you can just confirm that that's where we're talking about. Happy to come back and answer that. Okay, we'll put on hold and we'll wait for a response there in the chat. <laughs> All right. Well, this discussion is really super enlightening. Thank you both so much for your insights. I want to move our discussion on how, how to bring value back to our employees with benefits. Anita, could you start? Yeah, I think we've talked about this a lot. So like your EVP is how you're going out and you're creating messaging to attract employees 
into your jobs, right? So you want to be able to gather those passive candidates. You're taking your EVP, you're going out and you're having videos. You might have a culture video. You might have like our recruiters are really great on LinkedIn. If you follow, you know, some of them on LinkedIn, you can see how they're constantly marketing the value proposition of Bamboo to the jobs that they're hiring for. So that's like point one. And then when they get in and they accept that job, you have to deliver on it. Like we did another episode of HR Unplugged around turnover. And one of the biggest issues that candidates have is like, what you sold me isn't what you delivered to me. And then they turn out in the first year. So you want to make sure that what you're selling, you actually can deliver on. And then we talked about this, you're in a re-recruiting mechanism all the time where you're constantly re-recruiting your employees back over and over again. You're reminding them, this is why you love our mission. This is how your job is contributing to your mission. This is how our pay is competitive and fair for your role. You're deciding how transparent you're going to be on those things. So you're re-recruiting all the time. And then you're taking that employee value proposition all the way through your employee life cycle. So you're driving consistent value back to your employees, just like you want to do with your customers from the time they get interested in your company to the time that they eventually go on and maybe work somewhere else. And you want to extend that tenure out so that you get that value both to the company, but also to the team member in their overall journey. Well, Alex, could you walk us through how we do this at Bamboo HR? Yeah, for sure. I, I love this idea, and this this I, this is the first time I've heard you say this idea of re-recruiting Anita, and I I, I love it. Um, but it's it's even though you like said it just like that, I think we've we've already got that underway. Um, we we've, we've been spending the last couple months and will through the end of the year training our leaders. Our leaders are our our front line. They're the ones having these conversations. Um, depending on the size of your company, it. It can be really hard for you as an HR professional to be having all these individual conversations with team members about their compensation, about their benefits. So that's why we've taken the approach of a a leader-led HR, um, because our leaders are the ones having those daily interactions with our team members. They're the ones getting questions from our team members about their compensation, about benefits, about any, anything. And so we want them to be able to do this re-recruiting um, that, that Anita's talked about. So um, that's why we really doubled down on, on focus with, with training um, and making sure our leaders are fully up to speed and can talk fluently uh, about all aspects of our total rewards uh, philosophy and strategy and, and execution. One, one main major way, and, and Anita alluded to this earlier, is we, we have total reward statements that we provide to our employees at least uh, once, uh, once a year. Um, so at, at the very least at our focal review, when we give merit increases, we give a, a total reward statement to every single employee. And we've built a process that creates these total reward statements. And Mike, if, if you can flash that up on the screen, awesome, things. Um, this this shows our our team members their total value that Bamboo is providing to them. So it has base, it has bonus, uh, it has our our paid paid vacation that I talked about earlier, it has some some monetary benefits like our four hundred one k, our HSA, um, the student debt program, um, and so it kind of is, it's showing some of the contributions that our team members make, what Bamboo is contributing, and you can see even in this scenario. This person is getting significantly more value than just their base compensation. Uh, so, 
having each thing itemized and showing what Bamboo or your company is providing to, to a team member uh, is, is really a way for, for you to unlock the value of that, that you are putting into all of those other things besides base compensation. And tying it back to, to what I started with, we give these to our leaders who then have those conversations and they're the ones having telling their team members and, and showing them and making sure that they're doing this re-recruitment. Screenshot this statement, folks. I mean, this is this is it right here. So if you don't have a calculator that was mentioned, you can create this, right? Alex, you did this in Google Sheets, right? Yeah, we, we built this in Google Sheets and then built a, a process that automatically creates, you know, all these for all 1,200 of our employees. So we didn't we didn't make these manually one by one. Um, but anyway, I, I think there's there's lots of lots of different ways to do this. Yes, we want it in Bamboo HR, Linda. You're not alone. We're, we're clamoring for this inside of our product, just like you are. But this is definitely a tool that um, you just want to see because it really adds up, right? Like, look at the Social Security Medicare line item, right? Look at the, the you know, the different things, HSA, the paid, paid vacation. Um, Alex, share um, share the number one rated benefit for Bambooligans. This will knock your socks off. Yeah, I, I was. We were all really surprised that when we did this uh, this conjoint analysis, the results were resoundingly that our team members value paid time off more than any other benefit, and the second most valued was this paid paid vacation uh, bonus. So that it kind of just shows that you know time off is really important. I, that's probably true in in most places, but. Uh, our unique benefit of of this bonus uh, drives a lot of value. Even though two thousand dollars may not seem a lot for the company to be contributing, um, but that that drives a lot of value for for our team members. Especially because you have to submit your receipts and put a picture of you on your holiday into our paid paid Slack channel to get reimbursed. So you have to use it to go on a holiday. And then our BTL volunteer time, that's explicit for um, time for you to go volunteer in your community or in your school or at your church or, or whatever, whatever you need to. But I forgot to mention in the opening, you know, we've got an HR Hero Slack channel, so we can put this into the Slack channel. So definitely join. It's a great place for you to connect with each other and ask for templates. So if other of you have calculators or other total reward statement examples, we should get a Slack going around all these tools so we can share it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Anita and Alex. This has been such a great discussion. Before we wrap up, let's open up the conversation to the audience and maybe ask a couple of questions in the Q&A. I think many of these were answered, but there's a couple that I want to hit on. Uh, sorry if I completely mess up your name. Bhavna did respond back. What do you recommend as ideal benefits for food and beverage restaurant employees? Well, you know, some of you know, I we used to own a restaurant and I'm glad that Eleanor put in the Starbucks example, like Starbucks is definitely a great example. I mean, um, Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out Burger, right? But these are big, massive chains. So if you're an independent, I guess I'd want to know that next. If you're an independent mom and pop like we had, there's a number of things that you can do for your team members. A lot of it right now... Um, we just did a report on our employee net promoter score and the F&B industry is really unhappy right now. And a lot of that is because there's such a shortage of people in the restaurant industry. There's a lot of people that are missing shifts. 
So one thing that I would encourage you to do is to maybe you double up on shifts, give more flexibility, provide overtime pay and extra benefits for those um, people that are really coming in and covering. Um, So I think it's important that you look for ways that you can really incentivize them to stay. I mean, we had people working with us for over a decade. Um, We were just at a restaurant that we started and opened up and 25 years later, the same people are still there managing it and what it takes to do that. And it's on its own. It's independent. It's not a big chain as it takes a group of people that are committed to a mission right around the restaurant where it's there to do um, how it makes a difference in the community, how longevity changes the experience for the people that come in year after year, celebrating their life events at that place. But again, go back and ask those servers and those dishwashers and everybody, you know, what makes a difference for you? One book I love, it's called The Dream Manager. And it talked about people that cleaned office space late at night and they had such high turnover. And the reason why they turned out is because they didn't have a way to get to work. Most of them didn't own cars or have their own transportation. And most public transportation was closed during the graveyard shift. So they bought a van and they would pick everybody up and that's how they would get them to work and their turnover dropped. So definitely look and ask what's holding you back from staying? What's making you go? Where are you going to? Like, it doesn't matter what industry you're, get, you're in, what, um, how much you get paid. The exit interview data is priceless. So don't let anybody walk out your door without knowing why. Well, there's another follow-up question here. Can the mission, vision, values revise with time post-COVID and, and AI-driven world? I have some ideas on this. Alex, do you want to get in and answer this one? Mission and values are, are two things that probably don't change. Um, they're broad enough uh, that, that they are timeless. And, and it's the strategy that changes over time of how you execute against that mission. And even as you get more granular, if you think about your, EV, your, talent, your talent strategy and your EVP and your reward strategy, all those things evolve over time. Uh, as the economic environment changes, as your stage of growth changes, um, if you, you know, if you're in, in tech and or at, at any company, you could go from being 50 employees to 500 employees, and, and how you execute and that strategy can change. But the mission is something it sh- should be broad enough that it, it doesn't have to change. Um, that you can continue to execute that against that mission, regardless of of all of the different um, in, in influences that, that are that play into it. Well, Alex, this might be another one for you. I'll post it up. What's Rally Wellness? I'm intrigued about wellness and self-care and how Bamboo has tapped into this. It creates workplace happiness and attributes positively, positively to the agency culture. Yeah, uh, Rally Wellness is, is, a, uh, is provided by um, our medical provider, uh, United Healthcare. And it's a way that it's like an app on, on the phone or you can log into your computer and there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can earn real dollars that get put into your bank account. Um, so if you do uh, go get a, a biopsy, not a biopsy, what's, what's, what am I thinking? If you go get your blood tested and, and, and get your vitals checked, like that gets you like $50. And if you take different wellness courses that are available on it, it it pays you out. So anyway, it's it's our program that we've used that we're partnering with our medical provider to drive wellness. And there's there's lots of different ways that you can you can go about wellness. Um, and, and so um, 
that that's just how how we at this point have, have been executing on that. All right. Here's another one for you. Do you see that there are differences in benefits preferred between employees in U.S. and Europe or between different countries in general? Uh, I think definitely. Um, and even a lot of those uh, differences are driven by regulation. Um, when you look at Europe versus the U.S., uh, Europe is much, much more highly regulated and what is required for you to provide. So uh, at Bamboo, we only have employees in the U.S., so this isn't so much of a, a focus for us. But in, in prior companies that I've worked for, um, we have had different benefit offerings uh, depending on, on the country location. And a lot of that was driven by regulation, um, but some of it is driven by preference um, uh, of those of those locations. Yeah, I would really echo this partner with a broker that has experience because it is a lot driven by the federal um, statutes for those countries and they are different. So you need somebody that's an expert in the countries that you're in to help kind of guide your benefits offerings that you offer consistent and in in um, compliance with what that country uh, expectations are. Thank you. Thank you both for answering that. And Anita, I'll, I'll direct this one to you. What is the most important benefits piece for a company that is growing very fast to keep in mind? I think the biggest thing is you have to make sure that your costs don't outpace you. So Alex and I have this discussion all the time. We talked about it. Alex mentioned it. You know, benefits cost next to your people cost is your number two most expensive. And everybody's always going to want more. Every time you add in a benefits expense, it stays forever. It stays forever. And unless you take it away, and I don't know about you all, but I don't like taking away benefits. It doesn't ever bode well. People get really unhappy about it, even if they don't use it. So be really thoughtful. You may be growing really quickly. Is your profitability growing as fast? Are you burning cash? You know, this was another question of what's a good 401k contribution. And I would say, how strong is your own company's financial profile? You know, you can only grow benefits as much as the company is healthy and stable. And you want to put things into the suite that you can sustain over time. Um, so just be thoughtful about that, especially if you're in a fast growth scenario. Well, thank you both so much. This has been very intriguing. We got a lot of really great questions in the chat that we were able to get to and answer for everyone. Anita, do you want to close this out with the four takeaways we'd love everybody to have? Sure. And there was another question about how do you get involvement in a match 401k? Um, and so we've done a lot of education of the benefit of compounding. I think Eleanor mentioned that too. So we proactively educate on the benefits of, of contributing to the 401k match. And Alex, what's our participation on 401k match? Like it's north of 90%, right? Yeah, it's about 92%. And that's a direct result of the education. Now we've used, and I know there's pros and cons to this. Like we've used Dave Ramsey. Some people love them. Some people loathe them. I don't know, but he has driven a lot of that. We have at Financial Peace University. We reimburse if people go through it. Um, so that's one way that you can do it. So it's kind of like a third party. It's not your 401k broker. Um, we've also worked and Alex has done this to make sure that our fees are really competitive. Um, so you want to make sure that you're offering a good deal for employees to participate in those types of things. Is there anything you would add to that, Alex, before we jump out of that? I just want to make sure we, we get that question. There was a lot about that. Yeah, I think uh, I think you can leverage your 401k broker too. Uh, we we use, I mean, at least before COVID, um, they came into the office on on a regular basis to meet with employees and, and talk about it, and that helped drive our our 401k um, contribution. 
up or participation up. But yeah, I, I think any way you can educate your employees is is going to help them un- unlock those that value. Hey, Nita, before you jump in, I have one last question that I know Michelle really wanted to have answered. (laughs) How to make not getting parental leave equitable for the to those privileged to have uh, children and get extra time off suggestions for equaling the playing field on this disparity or perception of favored status. Oh, Michelle, it's a good one. So I think you're talking about what happens when you have multi-country team members and some countries offer really generous parental leave and what do you do with countries that don't? Is that how you read the question, Vanessa? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, so I think there's a number of things in this. And we've struggled with this, to be totally honest, at Bamboo. We have a monthly business and we're headquartered in Utah. And like, how many babies did we have last year, Alex? Like, we have like hundreds of babies every year. So many babies. Um, so there's a number of things that go into it, right? It has to work for the team member. It has to work for the business. It has to work for the customer. And it also has to be a benefit that everybody can, I mean, you know, can get behind because if you have a large population that isn't having babies as often, you know, are you prioritizing privilege to those with families versus those that don't choose to have families, right? So there's a lot of different things in there. Okay, not referenced to cross country. So I think you have to put all of those things, Michelle, together about like, what kind of business are we in? What is our mission? Why is it important for us to offer competitive parental leave? One of the things that Alex has done is we looked at where our top talent is going to. And are they going to companies with more significant benefits in this area than what we're offering? Are we trying to recruit away? We've had this before. We're trying to recruit away people that have significant parental leave benefits that we don't offer. I mean, those are things that you would want to think about when adding to your leave policies. So I think you have to take all of those into consideration. Does it work for the business? Does it work for the customer? How do you make sure there's not uh, privilege in any of the groups that are addressing it? Alex, what else would you add to the criteria list to consider what the right policy should be? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting question. Um, I think that it it is it comes down to the talent profile that you're trying to attract, and ultimately, in this world, like to be competitive for a wide swath of of talent, you have to provide a paid leave for for. Uh, Paternity, so that that's where I think it comes down to. And so, if you want that talent, and some it may not apply to some people, and um, but you, if you want to get those people that that fall into that category, you you have to have to um, offer offer the benefit. If we rephrase the question too, where it's like, what about the disparity between people who take the parental leave versus those who don't? People with families versus not families. What, what kind of additional advice would you give there? I mean, parental leave is covered through, in the U.S. at least, Family Medical Leave Act. So it's kind of, it's protected, just like you have service centers that are getting deployed. You have people taking care of sick people at home or aging, um, you know, family members and things like that. So, I mean, I think it's it's all in that. So I don't know that you can really look at it from a discriminating view of like, I haven't had a significant health illness inside my family, so I don't get that benefit. It's kind of, I would look at it in the lens of like, do the right thing Um, here. See, I've got our value cards printed off behind me now, so I can point to them. But if you look at it in the spirit of do the right thing, what is it as an organization that you want to do? And then you, and you need to stand from that place in it. Perfect. Yeah. And I I think that, yeah, I think there are benefits that, 
you know, don't apply it to everyone every time. Like we, we have a benefit that's for student debt program where we will contribute to, if you have student debt, we'll help you pay down your student debt. And, you know, for me personally, like I, I don't have student debt, so I can't, can't unlock that value that bamboo is providing. Um, so it, it, I don't think you're ever going to be able to hit like a hundred percent uh, for, for all your employees, but it, it's, it's like Anita said, doing, doing the right thing and trying to create ROI, um, by, by, um, uh, getting, getting these competitive, uh, benefits in, in place. All right. So many good questions. Keep them coming in HR heroes. I just really want to thank you for joining us. You joined us for these four takeaways, right? You want to align your EVP to your mission, vision, and values. You want to get clear on your reward strategy for benefits and compensation, survey and talk to your people about their favorite benefits, and use a total reward statement to showcase the value to your team members and your leaders to have those conversations. There's so many things that you can do. So visit us at hrunplugged.com, subscribe to our series, join us in the Slack channel, and please join us for that end of show survey so we can hear what you'd like to hear more and less of. And I just want to give a big shout out and thanks to Alex for joining us and sharing your expertise and to Vanessa for always being an amazing co-host and to all of you for creating great places to work out there. Thanks for all the work you continue to do. Grateful to be with y'all as always. Have a super, super day. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bambi HR. Visit us at bambuhr.com slash HR dash unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bambi HR sets people free to do great work. 